on the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. What we did for fun was we would leave the house and we would go down to the creek and we'd come up the creeks, turn over logs, jump in and explore and, and do all these things. And I remember one time we was down, there's a little culvert, well it's a pretty big culvert down by the, the picnic ground in Vandervoort where the little creek comes by there. And we had started down and we'd come up and I, I can't remember, there was three or four of us. I know my cousin Nick and Eric was there. But we come up this creek, and we was just pilfering, being boys. And we got under this culvert, you know, they're probably four by four. Or I don't, I'm not sure the dimensions, but we were under there. Water was probably about mid-shin deep. And I remember we was wrestling, and we was tussling. And I got knocked down, and I was sitting there for just a second, trying to figure out my next move. And then all of a sudden, something bit me. And I, was, I just grabbed and I was sitting there, and I was screaming, ah! I was like, something's got me! And of course, they, they stopped, and they looked at me, and then they just die laughing. And, and I say, I'm, I'm not playing. Something has got me! What are you talking about? I said, something's got me. I, so, something's in my drawers. And, and they, were, they wouldn't help me. I mean, they were sitting there, and they were laughing. Finally, I got up. I said, I was about to cry. I didn't know what it was. I said, Nick, really, something. And, he, and he, he figured out that I was serious. And I remember it. I mean, I had these Ninja Turtle shorts on, green down one side and white down the other. And I was sitting there. White was on this side because there was a Ninja Turtle logo. That's how well this sticks out in my mind. But we were sitting there, and he said, Jamie, you're going to have to drop your pants. I was like, what? I was like, you're going to have to. How are we going to see you? So I said, all right, I'm going to turn loose, and I'm going to pull them down. And then I turned around, and I dropped them. And Nick just died laughing. I was like, what? He's like, Eric, come here, look at this. I was like, what? He said, just be still. Be still. And he reached up, and he grabbed it. And I was like, oh. So what was that? And it was a one-clawed crawdad. <laughs> and it bit me right on the butt cheek, right, right where I couldn't have seen it if I wanted to. And I didn't know what it was. And I know you're thinking, well, what's the moral of this story? But what's the odds of a, a one-clawed crawdad coming up the shorts and biting me on the butt cheek? You know... If you're swimming in the ocean with sharks, I think the odds are like 1 in 12 million that you're going to get bit. But what I'm coming to is, what's the odds of me up here, standing on this stage, trying to tell you about God? Because I could have easily went the other direction. I could have easily strayed off course and uh, 
and just being somewhere else. I could have been doing drugs. I could have been drinking. I could have been doing a, a lot of things. But for whatever reason, God changed those odds for the better. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning, God, and I just ask, ask that this word touches somebody and, and it could be a, a living spring, God. We just thank you for your blessings, God, and we just ask that you just up, uplift these people in here and uplift this service, God, and, and just be with EJ and Lorena as they're off visiting family with some well-deserved time, God, and just give them a safe trip back and just let them know that we love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, uh, sometimes in life, before we allow God to help us, we feel alone. We feel like there's no one there, and we just don't understand what's going on. And we feel like we're in isolation. And isolation is the state of being in a place or situation that is different from others. And it's just a part of life. You know, have you ever been in a big place or in a room plumb full of people, but yet you feel alone? You just don't know who to talk to. You just don't know what to do. I'm sure we've all been there. And we could take this church, for instance. You know, every morning, maybe you're new here or, or what have you, and at least three times each service, either Josh, EJ, myself, Hey, before you sit down, shake somebody's hand, give somebody a hug, let them know that you're glad to see them. And me, that's my thing. I'm all over it. I look like a spider monkey going through here and finding these little kids and shaking hands and just loving on people. But some of you got your own little circle. You look around, you hug yourself, give yourself a five, and then you sit down. That's just how you do. But you know what? The thing is, God didn't create us to be alone. He created us to be connected. So the thought for the day is we are created for connection, but we drift towards isolation. You see, God created us to have a connection with each other. He wanted us to be there for one another. He wanted us to reach out because sometimes when you're alone, you just can't get things done. Look around in this, the church for just a second. And you can see new faces. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you've been here 10 weeks. Maybe you've been coming here for five years. But what you got to think is that you're a part of this church. You know, it's not, it's not this building. It's you. It's you when you come in here. Paul tells the Ephesians, in Ephesians 2.19, Now you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Look, if you're here for the first time, Know that you're a part of God. Know that you're a part of this church. You see, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how much you messed up. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how much money you got, how much money you don't got. You are 
a part of this church. You are a part of God. And I want to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home. You know, Paul goes on to say in verse 20, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Look, God is building a foundation for his home. And Jesus is the the chief cornerstone. And then we come in and, and we go together, stone by stone, piece by piece. I'm a stone, you're a stone, you're a stone. And one day, at the end of it all, there's going to be this huge, big, glorious mansion in heaven. And we're going to get to go there together, and we're going to get to hold hands, we're going to get to sing, and we're going to get to glorify God. And we're not going to have to worry about all this junk, all this crud that goes on down here. You know, sometimes we just think life is going great. And we think life is, is uh, hunky-dory. But it's truly not that way. We are made for connection. But we drift towards isolation. You know, we can always use this one as an example every time. Because it's a killer. And, and you think about social media. You think about, well, you post this and that person posts that. And it's great. It's a great tool to, to come together and, and, and find out great things about you. But you go back every two minutes and you look at your, your likes. Well, did they hit the heart button? Did they hit the thumbs up? Or, well, this person was here at the same time I was. Why have they got 150 likes and I only got 12? You know, it seems silly, but we let that stuff isolate us. You let that stuff push you to the side and you feel alone and you start clamming up. You don't want to, but sometimes you can't help it. You know, you, you see these, these pictures of these outings and you're part of this group. You always have been, but yet you wasn't invited this time. And you hold this stuff in. Very few people are going to go to those people or to that person and say, well, how come, how come I wasn't there? You clam up. You drift towards isolation. And you just hold it in and let it build up. Look, this is just, you know, an example that's out there. But there's many situations in life that, uh, that drag us down, that we do this. And the truth is, we have got to fight against being alone. We've got to fight against isolation. You know why? Because there's family out there worth fighting for. There's kids out there worth fighting for that's taking their lives. And we've got to fight against that. Because we've got to come together and we've got to reach that reward of heaven. Sometimes we don't see it. We're just in a daze all the time. We don't want to reach out and, and tell people that we need help. Look, there are three ways that we can fight the drift. One is remember the faithfulness of God. You have to keep a relationship with God. If you've been here the last month or so, we've talked about God with us in the valleys. 
We've talked about God with us walking through the wilderness. And we've talked about God carrying us through the storms. And we've got to rely on Him. Because if we don't have Him, who do we have? The Bible tells us that Joshua, when the Israelites had, when, when, when they had fled, fled Egypt, you know, they had this promise from God, this, this promise of this land that, that flowed with milk and honey. But yet, it's, the Bible says that, that they walked around for 40 years, lost, just walking around because they were disobedient, because they didn't listen. They were trying to figure things out on themselves, alone. And it just doesn't work that way. How many times are we lost or in a shamble in life? And it's because we're disobedient. It's because we're doing things that we simply shouldn't. And then we find ourselves alone. So these Israelites, they, they walked around and, and finally, they find themselves at the bank of the Jordan River. And God tells them, look, take these 12 stones, these big stones, and all they got to do is simply walk across the river, swim across, and be to the other side, be to their promised land. But God told them, take these 12 stones and put on that bank. And that way, when people come by and they ask the question, what are these for? He said, then you can tell them that I was with you during the wilderness while you was walking around lost. And I was the faithful God that brought you to this place. Joshua 4, 21 through 22 says, Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan onto dry land. You see, God is faithful. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to you. But so many times, we just can't grasp it. It's so hard. Because it's like it says. You're not able to see faith. You've just got to believe. And that is so hard to grasp sometimes. You know, we can be in here... And we can feel the Holy Spirit and it'll be around us and, and we're on this high and we feel puffed up and we feel good and we feel okay. And then we get down the road about a half a mile and this thing creeps into our mind. And then this thing creeps into our mind. And then we start to lose our faith. And a lot of times we do this because we're simply alone. You see, God is faithful to us. He may allow us to drift sometimes. But he's always there to pull us back. I had a friend, a buddy, probably four or five years ago. And this friend reached out to me. He, he called me. And he kind of told me what was going on, which I had done heard. And he feared for his life. He'd got himself in this stuff. He was just so worried, and he didn't know what to do. And I remembered, I went to where he was, and I picked him up. And, and we started driving down the road, and he told me, he said, he said, Jamie, he said, 
why don't you just take the back roads and, and uh, stay, stay out? That way nobody will see me with you. And I stopped the Jeep. I had my Jeep then, and I looked at him. I said, you know what? God loves you. God loves you. And God brought me here to you. And I'm not about to hide that because I am here for a reason. And I took him to the, we went down to the the lighthouse. And I bought him a cheeseburger, fries. We rode around and we talked. And before I dropped him off, he said, so what do I do? I said, let me tell you what you do. You come to church Sunday, and you walk through those doors, and you come in and you sit with me and my family. And he did that for maybe four or five weeks. But about that second or third week, I had the opportunity to come up here and kneel with him. And he took the oath. He asked the Lord to come into his life. And you know what? He's not living life the best right now. But he's living it so much better. And it's because God is faithful. And you know what? He's a stone. He's a stone now. Stone by stone, piece by piece. We're going to build God's kingdom. Speaking of stones... You know, sometimes we're weighted down. And we feel like we're carrying a bag of stones around behind us wherever we go. Sometimes we feel dirty like this rock is. And it's got jagged edges and and crevices and sharp points. And these points and these sharp edges and this dirt may reflect bad decisions. And it may reflect lust. It may reflect dishonesty. It may reflect sickness. There's all kinds of things that weight us down. But what do we do? You see, the second thing is we have to rely on God's people. We have to rely on God's people because we can't stand alone. God does not want us to be alone. Now look, this doesn't mean that you share things with your buddy or or some of your close friends. This means that you pick those people that's going to hold you accountable. And you pick those people that's going to love you And pray for you no matter what. Not not someone that's going to spread your rumors or your gossip all over Polk County. Sometimes those, those people seem like the ones that we need to go to. Sometimes we feel like those people are the ones that we need to hang around because we grew up with them or or we uh ran around with them in high school and and we did all these things. And sometimes because we we talk so much to that that group. That's who we want to share things with. 
But the reality is, maybe sometimes we need to push those friends to the side. Maybe those friends are causing some of the issues. It's hard to make that choice. But sometimes you got to push the block button. Sometimes you got to push delete. And you've got to rely on those people that are going to carry you through and put you in the right direction. Proverbs 14.7 says, The words of the wise are like weapons of knowledge. If you need wise counsel, then stay away from the fool. You know, if you think about it, a lot of those people aren't hard to find. They may be popular. They may have lots of money and can, can give you lots of things. They may bring you into the in crowd. But that doesn't mean that that's the right people. Stay away from the fool. Reach out those to those. But how do I find those people? Where are they at? One, start serving. Get around people that walk the same direction you do. Start serving with them. Start finding ways to reach out and help here and help there. And in return, you're going to get help yourself. Two, get in a life group. Get in a life group. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a group of people at this church, a few that's really right there with me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got through yesterday. I would have never made it. And there's groups of people out there like that for each and every one of you. They're there. Sometimes it's hard to find. Sometimes it's not. And third, you got to get real with yourself. you got to get real with yourself. You know, just because you're serving, just because you're in a life group, doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. Because just because you're doing this and that, but yet you're holding everything inside of you, and you're not allowing yourself to be helped because you're just ashamed or don't want to let it go, you're deceiving yourself. You've got to trust in God. And you've got to rely on God's people to get you through this. Stone by stone, we're going to build God's kingdom. Never stand alone. Number three, release the power of your story. Look, everybody needs God. Everybody needs somebody. And somebody needs you. You may not believe that, and, and you may not see that, but, and sometimes it's hard to understand. But somebody needs you to tell your story. You see, your story has power. I believe my story has power. And yours is no different. You think about Moses, and you think about Samson. You think about David and Goliath. 
Those people, those stories had power. They carried so many people through the bad times from being examples. You see, we talk about this rock right here. And it's full of sharp edges and it's dirty and it's filthy and it's got all kinds of jagged things that you've got to carry around with you and, and it breaks you down. It wears you out. But if you take this rock and you walk upstream in this river that's flowing fast and you throw it in there, that rock is going to come downstream. And as it tumbles, those edges are going to catch other rocks and they're going to break off. It's going to wash all the dirt off of it. And it's going to keep coming downstream, rolling, flipping, hitting. And then when it gets to its final line place, it's going to be there in better condition. And then this sediment, this sand, these pieces of rock are going to continue to go over this, this uh, rock and, and it's going to begin to be smooth. you still got some little crevices and some little holes. But you know what? Those are scars that tell the rock, the rock's life. They're scars that tell what this rock's been through. Look, people, we're a rock. And you can use God's grace, God's love, God's mercy to chip off these things. You can chip off the filthiness. You can chip off the bad decisions. You can chip away the guilt. You can chip away the sickness. You can chip away the loneliness. And then you know what? You can tell your story. And you can help someone that's where you was. And you can help that person or that family get through that situation. Because maybe they're alone. Maybe that's what they're going through. Doesn't mean it's easy to step out, to say those words, because you're scared you're going to say something wrong or, or do this. Trust me, I've been there many times. But people, God loves you. And God loves me. We're not a perfect people. It's not a perfect world. But we can get through this if we have faith in God and we rely on godly people and we tell our story. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us, and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.